On this episode of the Data Career Podcast, I'm going to walk you through 10 steps that you can follow when you get stuck doing a data analytics problem. If you follow these 10 steps, you'll be able to get through more problems, push through more barriers, but also you'll be able to get more help from others when you encounter those problems. So there are 10 awesome tips. This is the Data Career Podcast, episode 51. Welcome to the Data Career Podcast, the podcast that helps aspiring data professionals land their next data job. Here's your host, Avery Smith. What to do when you get stuck doing data analytics. Let's face it, sometimes data analytics can really suck. It can be really hard and very difficult and very challenging. And then you hit a bug. You hit an error. You hit something that is stopping your progression from actually moving forward. And it's the most frustrating experience on planet Earth. Like seriously, it can be so infuriating when you're on your way, you have all this momentum, and then all of a sudden, your code stops working. So what do you do in those situations? How do you solve the problem? How do you fix it in Tableau, in Python, and SQL? In this quick episode, I'm going to give you a 10-step template that will give you actionable steps that you can take in these situations to get out of that rut and to solve that bug. But before we get into that 10-step template that you can follow, I wanna talk about what not to do. The number one rule of the things that you shouldn't do in the situation is just say, I'm stuck with SQL, someone please help. No, 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 no. We need to be very specific in these situations. The more details we can give, the better. We want to overshare and not undershare. This means comments like, I don't know what's going wrong, but it's not working for me. I didn't get that answer, why is mine different? And I don't know why I couldn't get this to work, but I just couldn't figure it out. These are totally unacceptable and you should eliminate them from your vocabulary. You need to tell more details. You need to add more details. You always wanna overshare and not undershare. Once again, we can't just say, I'm stuck with SQL, or I don't know why, but it's not, phone code's not working. We need to overshare on the details. And in terms of what to overshare and how to solve this problem, now I'm gonna go ahead and dive into the 10 point template that you can follow to debug any sort of data analytics problem. You ready? Let's hop into it. Number one is you need to copy and paste the error message. I can't emphasize this enough, and it sounds simple, but so many people don't do it. If you hit an error, it's likely there's some sort of error message that pops up, whether you're using SQL, you're using Python, you're using Tableau, you're using Excel, there's going to be some sort of error code that's going to pop up. Sometimes it's just like a bunch of random letters and it's error 54A72432. That's okay, copy that for right now. Sometimes it's more descriptive, you know, error 14, because of this and this, you know, because of you did this, this is not working. Sometimes they're very descriptive, sometimes they're less descriptive, but either way, you need to copy that error code. That is the first thing you need to do because that error code is the key to solving your problem. We don't know what the problem is, we can't solve it, so hence we really need to know what that error is. So copy and paste the error message as soon as you get it, and where are we pasting it? Well, we can paste it a lot of different places. We're gonna talk about that in the later steps. We can ask a friend, we can put it in Google, but having that error message accessible and ready is going to be very key for solving the problem. Number two, once you have that error message copied and pasted, is to paste it in Google. Google is your best friend and you should have no shame in Googling these types of errors. It's very acceptable, everyone's doing it, so you don't have to be worried about like, oh, I'm not good enough. No, it's perfectly fine, you're perfectly fine. Put it into Google. Google is going to obviously, it's a huge search engine that's going to index all the different times that phrase was said, so I actually will copy and paste the exact error message into Google and hit enter. 
A lot of the times I'll need to like copy or, or select some parts that are more specific to me. Like for instance, if I named a variable or if it has some text that I put in, obviously not everyone's going to have the exact same situation, but the majority of the error message should be the same. And if you put it into Google, the majority of errors are not new. They've been seen once or twice or 50 times before. And so putting it in Google can be really helpful. A lot of the times you'll find an awesome website called Stack Overflow. And Stack Overflow is a great place where people talk about their errors that they're having, the bugs that they're having, and coders, developers, data people, they will give you answers. And so a lot of the times you'll be able to find the answer to your problem by pasting it into a Google search, clicking on the Stack Overflow link, and then going to the answers there. And a lot of the times that is where your answer will be. Other times it will not be so easy. So after you've tried Google, go ahead and try ChatGPT. ChatGPT obviously uses AI to solve awesome coding problems. And honestly, it might even be better than Google at this point. Who knows, depending on when you're watching this video, ChatGPT obviously has a lot of promise. So if you actually just copy and paste the air into ChatGPT and describe what's happening, you can have a lot of success. Even if you just say what you're trying to do and what tools you're using and what type of error you're getting, you can get good results from ChatGPT as well. So using both Google Stack Overflow and ChatGPT is honestly like a superpower to solving your data bug problems. Number three is to double check the little stuff. It is so infuriating, you guys. In fact, I always tell my wife about these bugs that I have in my code and how it was one comma or one parenthesis or one quotation mark. And she says, man, I could never be a programmer. That is way too much detailed. And it is, it is hard. It's hard to be that detail-oriented. But just go ahead, go through your code, check your parentheses. Do they all close? Check your quotations. Do they all close? A lot of the times when you're using IDEs, if you have parentheses, they have have autocomplete on the parentheses, or you can click the parentheses and it will highlight both the ending and the starting parentheses. So that's a good way to make sure that your parentheses start and end when you think. The same goes for quotes, or sometimes they even use colors to show what's inside quotes and what's outside quotes. So just make sure if you start with a single quote, you're using a single quote at the end. If you start with a double quote, you're using a double quote at the end. Double check commas, they somehow get everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Uh, double check your slashes. I recently was doing some web development and I had a bug that I couldn't fix for about two and a half hours. And it turns out I was using a double slash instead of a single slash. That's like a really small one, but obviously it caused a lot of pain in my brain. And so it might cause some pain in your brain as well. Also double check your indentations. A lot of programming, you need to have tabs and spaces in the right places. Some do, some don't. For example, you know, SQL doesn't really matter, but Python, it does matter sometimes. So double check you have your spaces and your tabs exactly where they're supposed to be. Number four is to, to rubber duck it. And uh, that sound kind of weird to talk about rubber ducks at this point in such like a tech video. But basically there's something called the rubber duck theory. And that is in 1999, there were these programmers who, you know, they'd duck on bugs and they had a rubber duck on their desk that they would talk to. They'd basically explain the code, explain the technical, whatever was happening, line by line, one step at a time to a duck. Obviously the duck did not understand, but that's actually really good because they were explaining everything, the basics, fundamentals to the duck, one line at a time. And when you do that, it really makes you think and double check, is your code doing what your brain thinks it's telling it to do? And so if you do that, you do it line by line, a lot of the times that rubber duck is somehow gonna tell you where that error is. And of course, it's not really going to speak. It's probably your brain telling you where that error is, but talking to the rubber duck allows your brain to discover that bug that's been hidden for hours, and all of a sudden, within 10 minutes, the rubber duck finds it. 
who knows? It's amazing. Number five, and you could argue that this should have gone earlier, but that is to check the help guide and the documentation. If you're using a no-code tool like Tableau or Excel, there's going to be a lot of help guides from those organizations. And in those help guides, you might be able to find the solution to your error if you check there. Other times you're gonna be coding in SQL or something like that. And there's going to be a lot of docs or documentation. Those are going to be basically the manual, the instructions for the tool that you're using. And it's going to tell you exactly how to use that tool and usually give you some pretty good examples. And so oftentimes you'll be able to look at the examples and compare to your code and maybe see how you're off in one place or another. And that will help you solve the problem. This isn't always guaranteed to work. I'm a little lazy, so I much rather Google it or ask ChatGPT before I go to the documentation. But if those have failed me, I'm gonna check one last time the documentation, check the help guide one more time and see if that's going to help me. Also, if you go to that tool's website, you're likely to find that they have some sort of a forum for users where you can you know, put questions. This might be a good place to ask the question because we're almost getting to the point where we don't know how to solve it. We've tried ourselves. We have a couple more tips, but just tuck this in the back of your mind that there's probably some user group or user forum for your specific tool that you can use. For instance, one of my favorite Python libraries is Plotly. They have this whole like online forum to basically solve any sort of Plotly issues that you might have. It's one of the better communities in the space. But of course, there's stuff for Power BI. I use their forum a lot when I'm doing dashboards and visualizations in Power BI. Tableau has their own. So there's lots of good reasons. And a lot of the times you're going to find these forums when you've Googled the error, because a lot of the times that's where the error is actually being solved is in these forums. Step number six is to just walk away. Do something else. This one is a little controversial because you're so mad, you want to fix it. You are in the flow, you're ready to get going. But when you hit a bug, one of the best things that you can do is just walk away. It's amazing when we're not at our desk, when we're not at our computers, our brains somehow magically solve that technical programming problem. Just magic out of nowhere and it's absolutely amazing. So go grab a nap, go grab lunch, go do something else at your desk, go talk to a coworker, go for a walk. Whatever you want to do, go do it and come back to it. It's really easy when you're facing a bug to just be stuck at your desk, hitting your head on the keyboard over and over and over again because you want to get it done, you're ready to move on, and you're so frustrating because you just don't know what's going wrong. But that's a recipe for wasting hours. Don't waste hours, move on, come back to it. Number seven is to turn it off. I don't know if you guys have seen this show called The IT Club. I don't even know much about it. I think it's British. I watched, there has like four seasons on Netflix, I think. You can look it up. It's kind of funny, kind of humorous, but it's almost like The Office where it's kind of a documentary of what's happening at The Office, except for this office is the IT department of some sort of a company. And there's like three main characters, um, but IT support for them. I forgot his name, but he, he's in charge of the calls. So basically someone in the company will be having some sort of an IT issue and they'll call this number and this guy will answer IT support. How can I help you? And they'll explain whatever IT problem they have. Maybe their printer's not working or they can't get this application to load or something like that. And it's a running joke in the show that the answer is always, have you tried turning it off and back on again? And as cliche as that sounds, and basically they say it thousands of times in the show, it actually is very powerful to just shut it down and then load it back up. 
sometimes these tools and these softwares get in such a weird state that they just need to be refreshed or they need to be updated, something like that. Or sometimes we've done something somehow unknowingly to the settings and just turning it off and then turning it back on will erase that. Or you might want to even just start from scratch. Starting from scratch, especially if you haven't gone that far, can be really powerful because sometimes you just press the wrong button and you're never going to fix it in that file. I know that sounds silly. I know that sounds dumb that you should be able to turn everything off, but I'm sometimes a believer. If I'm not that far, I'm just going to restart, all right? Or if I am far and I just can't get this one section to work, can I get this one section to work on a separate file? So not completely restarting, but just restarting that one part. So when you have a bug, one of the best things that you can do is turn it off, turn it back on, does it work? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. At this point, we've tried a lot for step eight. We're going to do a little bit different. So far, everything I've told you, the last seven steps have been stuff that we can just do on our own, that we can try to solve on our own. But if you've done all of those things and you still are having no luck, first off, I'm sorry, that sucks. I've definitely been where you're at and it is not a fun place to be. But that means we also need to talk to someone else at this point. So in step eight, I want you to take a screenshot. Taking a screenshot is absolutely amazing and very powerful because a picture's worth a thousand words, right? And so if you can give someone that context of actually what's going on, double the points if you make it a GIF or a screen recording that actually shows some movement, right? That can be really helpful for whoever is trying to solve your problem. It's really hard to know what's going on. You've done a, you know, hopefully a good job of copying and pasting the air and everything, but sometimes you just need a screenshot. A screenshot is going to, like I say, be worth a thousand words. It's going to tell me what type of computer you're using a lot of the times. Like I can tell if this is a Mac or is this a Windows. It's going to show me what other windows you have open. It's going to show maybe the code. So for instance, if you're using SQL, show the code as well as the result engine at the bottom so I can see all of it. Same in Python. I'm going to be able to see maybe things in your code that aren't in the, the error message or something like that. But basically sending a whole screenshot is going to be very valuable and going to help whoever you're asking. We're gonna talk about the people that you can ask right now. There is a few different people you could ask. If you're facing a bug, here are the three people that you could reach out to. A coworker or a peer, they might be able to help you. Your boss or a mentor, they might be able to help you. And then third, an online forum or Stack Overflow. Those are all really good resources to ask if you hit a technical bug. Now that we're asking someone else, step nine, we also want to include the systems that we are using. So if it's not obvious from the screenshot, if this is Mac, Linux, Windows, we need to say what type of you know operating system we're using. And also often what computer we are using as well, especially now with these new Macs. These new Macs have these awesome new chips in them, but those chips don't necessarily play nicely with all these different tools and softwares that have existed for many years. So if you're, especially if you're using a Mac, you have to say what Mac you're using and what chip is on the inside because that'll make a huge difference in the troubleshooting process. You also wanna double check your versioning. So like for instance, what version of Tableau are you using? Are you using the latest or is it an older version? If it's a library, what version of the library in Python are we using? We wanna give all the details. Once again, we wanna overshare here and basically explain to the person we are talking about this, our whole setup. 
what computer, what operating system, what version of the software. Give them as much details as possible because that can be playing a huge role in this troubleshooting process. Please step 10, when you've done this whole process and you're using someone else, right? You're using their time and they're probably helping you for free. So in step 10, we wanna make sure that we say thank you. It's important to be kind, especially on internet forums where it's so easy to be rude and just anonymous. We wanna be kind and say thank you and be appreciative of other people's times because debugging is not a fun process. Debugging someone else's problem is not a fun process. And then also if, if we get the help we want, we want to pay it forward. You know, we remember how much it sucks to be in this debugging situation. And so if someone has the opportunity to ask you for some help with some troubleshooting on a debugging problem, you want to be able to help them. You want to be able to pass it forward. And there you have it, my 10-step guide to debugging a data error. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, I'm going to have an awesome free masterclass that I know you're going to love. We're going to talk about a lot of things this episode talked about. You can get it absolutely for free at datacareerjumpstart.com slash training or you using the link in the show notes down below. Hope to see you there.